So it's been two weeks since the Austin Emerge event. And in my experience, its impact is still sending ripples through the various communities I'm part of. People are still actively talking about it, reflecting on it on WhatsApp and in forums. Uh, there was a recent lively discussion on Clubhouse. Brendan Graham Dempsey just published an article that uh, looks like it's been pretty well received. It offered some critical reflection, but it, it resonated with a lot of people. Um, and a number of people are considering offering different versions of the Emerge event at different locations um, besides the official European ones. And since Layman and I both attended the event, um, I figured it'd be both fruitful and timely for us to offer our own integral stage reflections on it. So Layman and I have carefully hand-selected a group of radical, controversy-loving extremists who are sure to offer polarizing perspectives and drive our YouTube numbers up. Um, but seriously, we're, we're selecting a group of people that we feel are well-equipped to offer some wise, seasoned, balanced reflections and some insights into uh, what you know, might happen next. Uh, I think you know, there's a, a wonderful group of people that we've gathered here and I'm looking forward to hearing what everyone has to share. And I wanna recognize up front that the Emerge event really isn't over. There's still the harvesting phase, which is going to be a bunch of online discussions to talk about you know, what happened and what we can do next. And actually that's been ongoing since the event. And I consider this conversation to be an informal part of that also. So we're joined today, uh, besides me and Layman, there's also um, Ivo Mensch, uh, Roger Walsh, Nomali Pereira, and Elan Awalon. Um, and I'll allow everybody to offer a brief introduction. I'd like to ask just us to go around in a circle first and just say, you know, what your connection to the event was, um, what brought you to it, and if there are any key insights or uh, impressions, um, reflections, criticisms that you have of the event um, just coming away. What's, what stands out most uh, significantly and you know, saliently for you? And then we'll go after that into get into the weeds and go a little bit more in depth into the overall process and experience and, 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 and deeper takeaways. You said go around in a circle, but but <laughs> we probably have different circles on our screens here. So <laughs> I'm I'm happy for you to start, Roger. That'd be wonderful. Okay, well, I can start very brief, very briefly. I think your first question was what our connection to to the Emerge Conference was, and for me, uh, I had uh, known Jonathan Rowson and uh, Thomas Bjorkman, who were major creators of this. Thomas has been a major pioneer in in much to do with metamodernism and, and uh, the global crisis or meta-crisis. And uh, <clears throat> Jonathan Rowson, I have enormous respect for. He's the director of Perspectiva organization, which was one of the co-organizers of this. So I've had had been very fortunate to know them both. And so I think that was how I was invited and certainly an inspiration for coming. Of course, the main inspiration was for coming was just an extraordinary group of people they managed to pull together from around the world. This was an invitational conference, which of course make, gives it a special depth because one is able to pick people who, who the organizers feel will really make a contribution. 
And so just looking across the roster of participants, it was like, well, yeah, okay, after two years, I'm going to come out of my COVID bubble <laughs> and uh, I want to be with these people. So that was the main attraction. Uh, so I'm Ivo, Ivo Mench. I, I work for Perspectiva. Um, Perspectiva has been... Well, after Thomas set it up, Perspectiva has kind of been developing the, the purpose um, behind the merge. And, um, and so I have a bit of a history with it. Also, since this has been the third gathering for me after one in Kiev in 2019 and one in Berlin just uh, last year in October. So perhaps I can speak a bit more to the, um, to the historical development at some point of a merge where I see it's kind of going and the difference between Europe and uh, and this is the first time being in the United States. So that's kind of my connection to, to Emerge. I was quite central to organizing the Berlin one uh, that happened last year. Not so much involved with this, only peripherally with the events leading up to it. I think I hosted a four or five or something sessions like those. And um, yeah, and just one during the gathering. So that's the short version of how I'm connected to Emerge. And um, yeah. I think I'll leave it at that for now. And I was also like super happy for me already. The best, the main takeaway is actually that it happened. So I think that's, that was the most important thing because, you know, knowing that the, the various tribes that we sometimes call them, there's nothing else like this yet. Everything else in focus is much more narrow, which also makes it quite difficult actually for these events to, you know, get a sense of coherence, to get your needs met with which you enter. There's, there is some... Yeah, the different intentionalities with which people enter and how that is held by the by the by the totality of it. Um, these are some some very interesting, I think, dynamics we can probably dive into a bit deeper. So I'll leave it at that and pass it on to Nomali. Why not? <laughs> yeah, thanks, Ivo. Thanks, Roger. So I think some of the things that Roger said are quite um, you know ditto on all of that for me as well, just coming out of the COVID bubble. I haven't known a whole lot about the image uh, events, although I've definitely known about Thomas uh, Bjorkman. I've been sort of following a little bit of his work and um, have been really very appreciative of his work. And so I was excited. I'm assuming I got sort of roped in probably because of my history in the integral world. Certainly Raja and Bruce, I've known you both probably two decades now. So that's how long ago I moved to Boulder from Sri Lanka for this little thing called integral. And so I, I, I just probably leave it at that. I probably got invited due to that history. Uh, in general, just really was looking forward to meeting people and uh, lots of interesting names on the roster, as Roger already mentioned. Yeah, I was just, I came with a lot of curiosity. I guess I first heard about it from Brandon Norgard a while back, and uh, he approached me about dates. And I think I ended up suggesting to him that it not be in May so that it wouldn't overlap with the Metamar and spirituality events. Uh, and then in my private dealings with Bjorkman, he kept strongly encouraging me to participate. But I was hesitant. I had several concerns. I thought maybe this is going to be too much of a fancy international corporate conference. And maybe I would be a bit let down compared to the intersubjective success we had in Vermont. Uh, I was worried about which tribes might not be present 
You know, I don't know if the dark Renaissance contingent would be represented or the so-called hell metamodernists and the metamodern magic and the immersive theater people, all that kind of stuff. And I was concerned that big name speakers might hog all the space telling us what we've already heard from them and we wouldn't have a chance to uh, harvest the collective intelligence from the quieter background people where I think it mostly resides. But I decided to go because I have a lot of respect for Tomas and also because so many of the best people were going to be gathering in one place. And I think it's a prototype in a way that is a bit like the Hajj for Muslims. I think these sort of meta swarm events are going to be a normal part of the quasi-religious pattern of the future. But I definitely had to ponder how I was going to go into it and uh, come up with some strategies, and I'm glad that I did. We're still waiting for Elon to get here, um, so I'll, I'll say something. I also heard about it first from Brandon Norgard. He start, we had a gathering, a, a little summer gathering in my city, Concord, um, and at that he started floating the idea that uh, maybe there could be an eMERGE event that you know was not in Europe, but it was in the US and he was hoping for the Bay Area. Um, that idea gradually evolved, but Thomas was, or Thomas was you know, interested in it and uh, pursued it and eventually it ended up in Austin. I wasn't sure I was going to go um, or not either. At some point I posted something online where I had been noting certain discussions that were taking place, especially in metamodern circles about things to try and things to bring together. And I was a little frustrated by that as much as I also was interested in and excited by that because some of those things are things that my university program has been doing for 30 or 40 years and <laughs> I've been teaching for a couple decades. And so I commented on that, that yeah, there's actually been efforts to pull these threads together in some significant ways and a lot of exploration that's already happened. And Thomas saw that and said, you should come to this event, Bruce. And so um, when I, I looked at the roster of who's coming, I also decided it was, it was worth it to be there gathered with all of these people. I really didn't know what to expect. I knew it was not going to be a typical academic conference with people presenting papers. I actually thought it was going to be more of an opportunity for everybody to share their own projects, because that's kind of the context in which I was invited. And that didn't happen as much as I had been anticipating, but it was still overall a pretty, you know, fruitful encounter. And it, for me, the main takeaway was really just the intersubjective time I was able to, you know, spend um, among so many amazing people. Um, and I, I think there is more that we can explore about what worked and didn't work. And since Elin hasn't made it here yet, I think we can just go ahead to um, the next question. And that's what I would like to ask first is, you know, from your own experience of, of attending past events, your own, your own knowledge of, of creating generative enclosures and, and dynamic intersubjective emergence, um, and, and, and just what you think this movement or collection of movements needs at this time, what do you feel really worked well at the conference that, that stood out to you and, and said, yes, we need more of this? And what did not work so well and, and that you think we maybe need to work on um, in, in other such events? I can take a quick crack at some of my thoughts that I have about that. Um, 
what I really appreciated about it, attending this event was that, um, like I said, because of my own personal history in the integral domain, for the last 20 years, to some degree, I've been um, uh, somewhat sort of like really embedded in that world. And in the last five years or so, as a lot of us know, all these sort of new pockets and new platforms and new teachers and lots of different things have come about that are influenced by Integral, whether they say that or not. Um, so it doesn't really matter, but I really have been just just loving the sort of, you know, the game B and the whole sort of rebel wisdom crowd and Integral Stage and the STOA and just so many different platforms and um, teachers and all kinds of things like that. And that was very exciting for me. And then also things that I understand less around like blockchain and crypto and the whole uh, talk about all of that AI and so many different things that that were really interesting to me. So, and of course, all of it held under this sort of umbrella of the more fancy new term of metamodernism, which like, you know, I kind of came there feeling a little bit old fashioned, like the old integral grandmother uh, coming into this new fancy young people, the youth of the metamodern world. So I was a little bit intimidated by that. So I loved the diversity uh, of coming to a place where one thing wasn't the, the kind of catch-all, uh, wasn't sort of hijacking the energy of the event in that way. I really appreciated that. That said, the flip side of it was that I mean, I was thinking about the old integral theory conferences at the JFK University, five to 600 people, just really exciting events, but we all had the same map or same language to a large degree, which was sort of the integral language, that sort of the energy of the integral community, integral grammar at the time. And... So after a little while of being at the Image conference, I noticed how I liked the diversity. And then I also felt like, I'm not sure what's the common grammar that is holding us together here. Not necessarily that we needed to have a common language necessarily, uh, but personally, I, I wanted a little bit more of that. Like, I wish that we all had some sense of a language uh, or a toolkit or a map that we were all sort of orienting from. So, yeah, I think maybe I'll just leave it at that for now. Yeah. Well, I can jump in just one thing. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of different conversations we can have here, but since you, Namali, mentioned the variety of peoples, that was certainly a draw that I'm, I'm already aware and just a little bit that's been said about in the conversation so far. And you've mentioned, for example, Lehman, a metamodern integral, oh, sorry, a metamodern spirituality event. And it's like, oh, gee, I didn't know about that. That sounds interesting. And there are all these things that are going on that 
I'm not so tuned into, I'm wary of signing up for mailing lists and just getting, I can't keep up with the email anyway. So, so I'm aware that the downside of that is there's just a lot going on that I don't catch and I miss and I, miss, and I regret that. And my hope in coming to the, this gathering was to be exposed to a variety of people in different worlds doing interesting things and actually very effective things in many, many cases. So for me, as with every conference, the, the high point was being with people and meeting people such as, you know, Leon, Bruce, you and Eva, I haven't, you know, hadn't met any of you before. I certainly knew of all your work, Leon. Namali and I have been in the same orbit for 20 years before we've seen each other. I can't remember how many years it's been since we've seen each other. Certainly BC before COVID. So, so the delight was was reconnecting with people like Namali and meeting people like you, whose work I've been following for quite some time. But of course, it's just so much more delightful to have a personal connection and to be able to talk in person and toss ideas around. It leads to things like this. So, so that was certainly the high point for, for me. Just sticking with the variety of tribes that were present and the richness of the, of the mix. For me, the distinct downside was I, uh, this was, I should back up and just give a context and say that the organizers chose, I think, to have a deliberately uh, minimally organized event. And there was a line put out on one of the invitations, you know, most of the people who come here are used to being keynote speakers at events, so we're not going to do that kind of thing. We're going to have much more uh, freestyle, you know, interaction. And for me, the, speaking just for the moment to the different tribes, I would really have loved to have had a you know, presentations from those different tribes about first giving an overview of what they're doing, because, you know, some like metamodernism, I have a fairly good sense of, but others, I, obviously, I just, oh, yes, I know that name, I know of it. So I would have loved to have some overview presentations from the different worlds that were represented there as a way of familiarizing myself getting, and basically get an education. And that was one of the reasons I went. I wanted an education from people who have very deep and rich experience in a variety of fields that I know are important, but I don't, I don't know. So that for me was a, a major lack. And maybe I'll leave it there for the moment. Yeah, I went in um, very deliberately to focus on subtle energy sensing and to make experiments of that kind. So I wasn't uh, in as philosophical and analytic a mode as I might otherwise have been. And I'm not sure how much subtle <laughs> feedback I necessarily want to share. Uh, I liked, I liked the sense that emerges trying to hold this central space, right? This space that, um, straddles a number of different tribes and can be simultaneously self-refining and outward facing. And that's inherently going to be messy. There's inherently going to be ambiguity about things like shared language and whether or not we can track each other. Uh, but it's also exciting. Uh, so I appreciate that element of it. Uh, I think like Roger said, it might've been nice to have, um, something presenting or representing the, the different sub-tribes or movements or whatever they are to some degree. But I really liked the absence of primary speakers. I thought that was a good move, although it was maybe counterbalanced by there being too many facilitators. I think in our group, a third of the people were facilitators. I, I really enjoyed uh, Tomas's overview. 
I found that uh, actually much more impressive than I had initially anticipated it to be. It was a really good summary. I liked the, the, the inspiration behind the introductions and guidance that people were trying to give on that Saturday morning, but it went on way too long. It was tedious and excessive. And I found that after several hours of mind-numbing guidance, most people in most groups didn't feel they had much guidance at all to go forward in their actual groups. Uh, so that probably could have been better. I felt like there's a trap, you know, an almost, almost analogous to neuroticism in a way. There's a trap we get into when we gather to just ask ourselves who we are and what we're about. And I ended up saying to a lot of people over the weekend, why didn't we just build a barn? Right? We could have, if we could have done a project, we might have had all the same conversations around the side, but we would have ended up being more coordinated and feeling like we accomplished something and could go forward as accomplishers. I felt like I ran into a lot of people. This didn't happen to me personally, but I heard from a lot of people that they were having trouble navigating their mutual projections onto each other. And they didn't really feel like there was a container or an instruction for dealing with um, feeling like other people didn't uh, view them properly. Uh, generally, it seemed like a lot of the same wins and a lot of the same failures as have been going on with meetings of this kind for several decades, maybe longer. I like that financialism, financing this thing was at least nominally raised. I appreciate in principle that the tech and the spiritual aspects are trying to be brought together, but I'm not sure they actually merge very well with the exception of, you know, a few one-on-one -on -one pocket conversations. But overall, definitely worth it. And definitely I feel even now that my body is um, full and saturated by some kind of intersubjective energy that I've carried away from it and will continue to be fertile and germinating. So generally a success. And I think we have the option of thinking of the insufficiencies as failures or as suggestions about how to do it even better next time. I can pick up unless Ellen, I see you're here. Do you want to like uh, introduce yourself? We just had a short round. So welcome to the space, I would say. And if you can't, I'll just um, continue on building on what Layman, yeah. Layman said. Oh, good. You're here. Great. Yeah. I was just grabbing my laptop charger. Sorry about that. Hi, everyone. Who just uh, asked me to speak? I, I was away grabbing my charger. That was me. Like, uh, asking oh, yeah. if you want to introduce yourself, we just did a little round. So with first takeaway, so before you joined. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, everyone. It's so wonderful to be here with you. Uh, I apologize for the delay. I did let um, Bruce know ahead of time that I would be running behind. Um, I just moved into a new place amongst many other life transitions. So things are a little hectic, but I'm so happy to be here. Um, I know that Bruce had shared with me the prompt uh, with which we began this debrief. Uh, so very quickly, I have a very long history as a leftist activist. Um, and uh, previously, in a previous life, I was, I feel comfortable saying, sort of an intersectional feminist public intellectual. Uh, I don't really identify with intersectional feminism anymore, although it remains a part of the way through which I view the world. And I think a, still a really important perspective and lens. Um, and also an exhibiting Afrofuturist artist uh, exhibited all over the United States, uh, primarily visual art, primarily photography. Uh, and then in my most recent chapter, I worked in the tech sector for over 10 years, 
uh, with one of my, I guess, most proud collaborations being the creation of a, a platform, a social networking platform um, that was um, funded by Google and other, um, and other folks. And I co-founded it with Patrice Colors, who is the founder of Black Lives Matter Global Network. Um, so yeah, really like a long, long history of at the intersections of um, activism, technology, arts, and uh, just philosophy and, and uh, into various intellectual movements in general. Uh, and I, even though I come from a very long lineage, my family is from Eritrea, and my lineage includes almost 2,000 years of Orthodox Christianity, uh, which is a really beautiful faith, Orthodox Christianity as well as Judaism. But because of the changes that have occurred in that region and really across the globe over the last several decades, um, I wasn't raised in a particularly religious household. In fact, my father identifies as atheist. And so I had a lot of leeway in terms of my spiritual exploration starting at a very early age, around 11, when I began um, exploring Eastern mysticism um, and French existentialism and you name it, I was like with my nose in the books. And um, so four years ago now, when I was invited very serendipitously to a retreat at Esalen in Big Sur, California, I knew I, I did my prayers and my meditations and I heard a very clear voice say, nothing is ever going to be the same for you after this. And I remember being a bit incredulous, but I've also learned to trust that voice over the years. And so I packed my bags. It was very last minute. My, I, I, accept, I had been invited months previously, but I kind of maybe a day or two before I decided to attend. And that was where I encountered these specifically spiral dynamics, uh, integral theory, and then Hanzi's school of metamodernism. And it was suddenly like all these things that I had been trying to put, all these different puzzle pieces that I'd been holding onto for years finally started to fit together and come together. So I have been part of this community, I guess, for four years now, although it feels like uh, on a spiritual level, you know, eons, but uh, that is, I guess, how I came to encounter this community and part of why Hansi invited me or, well, I, ca I called him Hansi, but Daniel invited me. And uh, I, I'm happy to share more about my background, but I, I'm mindful of the fact that I've been speaking for about seven or so minutes now. So I will give up the mic. I yield. I'm Elan and I'm complete. Thank you, Elan. And Evo, did you want to share anything in response to the, you know, what worked and didn't, and I'll offer and we'll kind of circle back to Elan to answer on that one as well. Yeah, sure. I, I think what worked really well was uh, people taking responsibility for their own definition of success, basically. That what this was, uh, not expecting too much to come, I think, from the organizers, from the um, the, the, the programming of the event, um, both because it like seemed a little loose anyway. <laughs> but uh, to me, that was actually the great thing about it, that a lot of people made it a success for their own. And, you know, what I'm thinking about events for the future, for example, I think that is that is the main factor to take into account and actually give people as much space to actually do that to make these kinds of events successes for their own, especially coming back to Emerge because 
it is a collection of tribes, right? And that's also the reason why it's not an organization emerge, for example. It's, um, it's, it's more an interstice, it's a fascia, it's connective tissue, and um, hopefully there are some nutrients flowing between these various organs that, that make up the, the total body of this. It also means it's, it's quite difficult to really come to a definition of success or beyond, like, as we said, as, a, as, a, as an event where people can finally get to meet each other after being talking online to each other for sometimes years. And so the, the variety of perspectives on it and the, and, the, and the difficulty when you talk about coherence or the absence thereof, I think is really a feature and not a bug. And I don't think it's even a problem that we need to kind of really try and solve, although some people want to do that. So, yeah, I think to be invited into that space that is through its purpose and intentions is, is interstitial. Um, it takes a bit of a different attitude coming in and that we're just discovering. It also makes the whole idea mimetically vulnerable. For example, if we say it's a, it's a network of networks, you know, m many people have tried, but the main, and this, for example, felt a bit more like that in, uh, in Europe, for example, where people come and really have their, you know, they're carrying their own projects, their big bets, uh, be it politics, be it metamodernism, be it spirituality, be it systems thinking and whatever else it is that, that uh, people can cohere around, like the strong coherences, right? The, so Emerge is like, it's a weak coherer just by its nature in, in that sense. So it's quite difficult, I find, to, um, well, first of all, come to a definition of success and then... And then also asking the question of what next. Some thoughts about that, but uh, I think I'll just leave it here for other people to kind of pick up on. Great, Joe. We can come back to the what's next question in a little bit. Um, I also appreciated the kind of the, the wide open approach, uh, the the somewhat intuitive trust that that out of this collection of, of people and interests, something will emerge without attempting too much to control what that is. With our, for Lehman and I, our integral stage project, one of the things we wanted to do is, you know, have a big tent, invite in a lot of different voices, um, you know, more kinds of voices than have typically been, you know, just in integral circles um, to try to, to, to do some of that interstitial work. And it's challenging because sometimes people don't know where you stand as you kind of try to move between these different tribes. Um, but it's a project that I think is, is important and needed for our time. And so I think uh, I really was excited to see Emerge doing that at this event. And I'm assuming it's been doing that in, in the past events in, in Europe. Um, and so for me, I really enjoyed that part of it. And, and, and I felt there were some aspects of it that worked well. Um, for me, some of the things that were, were challenges, uh, one, you know, for the facilitation of groups, um, a lot of us didn't even know that we were named as facilitators of groups. So we had about five minutes before hosting the group to huddle and figure out what we want to do. <laughs> and I found that that was the case for a lot of people. And there's something exciting to be on that edge and just see what bubbles up. But on the other hand, to me, having a little bit more time to be mindful about what you want to do so that you can set the right kind of container, it might have been 
more productive of coherence and, and contact and meeting if there had been a little bit more preparation time among, you know, possible among the organizers um, of or the facilitators of each of those events. I appreciated what Nomali said also about uh, kind of feeling like the integral old timer at the event. Um, I, I also felt that. And, you know, we were hosting one group um, on lessons from the integral past. And so it was an interesting thing to reflect on, but also I, I felt a little uneasy about it because it looked like we were speaking about, okay, what was tried and failed and no longer relevant, but might have something to seed, whatever this new thing is. And it's like, I haven't quite let go of, of the promise of integral. So that was a curious place to, to sit in. Yeah, I think overall, uh, I, I really liked the open-ended experiment. I would have liked a little bit more prep time or structure without, without killing the, you know, the jazz-like spirit of the overall event. Looking at past integral theory conferences, you know, and thinking about what Roger also shared about having a few presentations, because the integral theory conferences in the past did feature these kinds of, you know, facilitated, you know, dialogical circles where there's open process, and there were some presentations and, and people moved between that. And I think a little bit more of that could have helped this event to provide, I think, a little bit more sense of a shared meaning space and 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 compass points, orient, orienting compass points, so that we could get a better sense of the tribes that are here and the projects that are here and the perspectives <clears throat> that are intersecting. So I don't know, it doesn't mean that, that the Emerge event needed to do that, but I, I think there's something to be said for events which do have uh, a little bit more, um, you know, didactic presentation as well as process and dance and play and all the other things that happened. So that's where I'll leave it. Um, I think, Elon, is the sense of the question pretty clear uh, for, for this round? Uh, if you could repeat the question, that would be wonderful. I get a sense of it from your response, but that would still be lovely. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. Basically, it's just asking, you know, from your own experience and background with these kinds of events, your own knowledge of fostering intersubjective emergence um, and, and, and building bridges um, and, and possibly, you know, bringing collective intelligence together for innovation, all of those kinds of things. What do you feel worked well for this event? And what do you feel didn't work so well or needs, uh, you know, maybe some tinkering in the future? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you, Bruce. Uh, with regards to what went well, I think a lot went well. I think there was such a fascinating amalgamation of individuals present. Um, and so I think they did a good job in curating the attendees and the attendee list. Uh, I think that given the limited resources with which they were working, um, I thought that, again, while there were a lot of different issues with the venue, I thought that their selection of the venue and, you know, the, the opening ceremony and the party and, you know, many different aspects, uh, you know, the food, just like from an event, like a former event planning perspective, um, I think there were many elements of the, the event that went well. Um, and given, again, the limited resources with which they were working, um, not just financially, but time-wise, everyone had many other obligations. Uh, I thought they did a great job with what they had. However, 
I echo Brendan's critiques. So Brendan Graham Dempsey, uh, you know, is an individual in our space who has a YouTube channel, but also has a Facebook group called Metamodern Spirituality. And he recently published an essay with his um, thoughts on the conference. And uh, part of his feedback was that he felt the event had been, you know, hijacked by postmodernism. Uh, he and there was one other individual whose name is not coming to me right now. Um, but I tend to agree with that. Um, it wasn't simply present in the closing ceremony, which I responded to. Uh, it was, there was also another, you know, there were other occasions where I attempted to interact with people um, and without them knowing anything about me, really, they had just met me seconds prior. There were like a lot of projections, a lot of shaming and guilting that I have definitely experienced in spaces, you know, that are heavily postmodern or green. Um, but I was not anticipating experiencing uh, at a metamodernist conference or at the Emerge conference. And so I, I'm not sure because I know that part of their goal was to be very inclusive um, in terms of people from a wide range of backgrounds, in terms of ethnic, ethnicity, gender, nationality, um, and perspectives. And so I think that there is maybe some work to be done to make sure that we are both prioritizing inclusivity uh, while making sure that people are aligned with the goals and the mission and the ideology of the conference, because that, I think it really impacted the container on multiple um, levels. And uh, so part of the reason that I don't think it was that we were ultimately successful um, it, in reaching the goal stated at the, um, at the beginning of the conference was because of the dynamics I just mentioned was partly due to the dynamics I just mentioned, and then partly due to the facilitation, uh, which many people have already addressed. And so not simply the fact that they told you, I didn't realize that it was that hastily um, organized, but you know, that's definitely not <laughs> an ideal way to manage uh, facilitators. Uh, so obviously that is something that could be shifted, but also um, it just felt, again, I could sense that there was some way in which the resources available were not um, adequate for the task at hand. So I'm Elan and I'm complete. Well, I appreciate that, Elan. And, and that's actually a perfect segue because that that's the next, maybe a little bit more controversial question I wanted to ask, but given, especially on the WhatsApp thread that Lehman started, which is still going strong and people still reflecting and processing on the event, Brendan's article was pretty well received there overall. Um, some pushback, but it was pretty well received, but it sparked a lot of thought and question and reflection on this issue of there being possibly different, you know, cultural codes, different mimetic orientations all gathered in one place. And on the one hand, it's it's a good thing. Metamodernism and Integral and Game B, they all have to learn how to work. If we want to make any really lasting change in the society, 
we have to learn how to work together, especially with modernists and postmodernists, also traditionalists. So we do need to be able to coordinate in some way. And I think that's that's a valuable experiment that we just got to keep throwing ourselves into in some way. And on the other hand, I, I appreciate what Brendan said, and I do think it, it tended to sometimes derail or hijack conversations. And that is the, the, the mimetic splits between the different groups. And if, if we really do see it as, as modernist, postmodern, and, 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 um, and, and, and metamodern or integral kind of basic orientations, I did feel the, the, some of the dynamics that typically have been undermining in the past of events, especially by postmodern shaming and, 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 um, and the different dynamics that we all know well. So one of my questions here is, to what extent did everyone see that and, and, and in, in their own experiences there? And you know, how do we hold that? How do we handle that? Was it wrong in the event to have all of those mimetic groups included, or is that something unavoidable? And we just need to find ways to work with that. Because I think, as I think maybe you were thinking about Josh, Elin, um, Josh Leonard and, and Brendan have both been talking about that in terms of, you know, we've got in some sense an emerging set of languages, but they can be picked up by people from multiple worldviews and used in different ways. So it's not always easy to tell until you're actually in the interpersonal dynamics where people are really coming from as they're holding and deploying those ideas and tools. But I think it did become apparent um, for a number of us in, in conversations which may have imploded at some point. <laughs> so yeah, just would be interested in your overall reflection of the uh, kind of the inner mimetic dynamics and, and how to handle that. Well, I, uh... Brendan and I sat together on a plane for three hours and then spent two more hours in the Chicago airport. So a lot of what's in his article is the stuff that we went over together. So I'm largely in agreement with it. Uh, I think, I mean, like I mentioned before about Emerge, Emerge has to simultaneously be self-refining and outward facing. It's got to bring those two things together, especially because going forward, there's going to be this relationship between the kinds of communities we're trying to generate and the people who are exerting influence in the world. Right? So that's going to be an absolutely necessary tension for us to work with. But I think one of the difficulties was that a lot of people weren't necessarily expecting that, right? That there was a lot of postmodern energy one way or another, and that if we'd been a little more prepped for it, if we'd known that was the mission to run interface between those things, we might've been able to handle that a little bit more competently. I think a lot about meta progressivism, right. And sort of like, how do we make, how do we make postmodernism better? How do we make a better version of itself? But that's a special task and you have to like be in the right mood to be able to handle that. And I'm not sure we were all prepped for that to be the mood. I think there's also a lot of, um, some things, times things look like it's, um, it's levels or cultural codes, and it's really just a bunch of differences between the um, metamodern integral field itself. There's a lot of internal subdivisions and tensions that might need to have more of their own space. And Emerge has been a really good container, but I think it's getting to the spot where there's so many interesting things swirling around in this hive that it's going to break out a little bit. 
Uh, had a great discussion with Jonathan Rousen yesterday. His his idea is there could be five of them. Uh, I think there, there's some consensus building around having a, a Toronto and a Ukraine <laughs> next time to have two of them moving toward five. And I think people who are thinking in that direction are, are sensing that there's a lot of not, not that it's problematic that there's a lot of divergences within the field because it doesn't have to cohere strongly, but there's a lot of potential now for people to try different flavors of it and that each of those attempts could privilege slightly different types of people and see how they want to run forward with this project. Um, <clears throat> I could uh, have... One more thing. Is, oh, sorry. Uh, the, the WhatsApp group that I set up, um, I really appreciated the opportunity that gave certainly myself and some other people to work out who you actually wanted to have a conversation with, whether that was inside the gathering or outside the gathering. And to Evo's point about everybody determining their own sense of success, I think the people who were more proactive, who decided what they wanted from it, and were able to use tools like that to get into the conversations they wanted to have, that they're walking away from this with a very strongly positive feeling that might not be the case for people who sort of just went along with the event and were exposed to it semi-passively. Go ahead, Namali. Yeah, that, that rings very true for me, for sure. Thanks for voicing. Like you gave words to, I think, what I was experiencing. So I think one of the reasons why I was interested in joining this conversation isn't so much to critique necessarily this Emerge conference that happened, which by and largely was just really wonderful. But I, th I think what is interesting for me about this whole conversation is really that for some of us who've been doing these kinds of events for, in my case, 20 years or so now within the sort of the integral context is there's nothing necessarily new about the challenges that we might have encountered at the Emerge Conference. Just this sort of the third attractor space is, is going to, by default, attract the other attractors, the first and the second. So I think the, the, the continuing challenge and conversation for me would would be around this polarity, this sort of the challenge of the coincidencia oppositorum constantly, which is how do we play with the polarity? How do we dance with the polarity of being decentralized, which was a word that came up a lot during this Emerge conference, this decentralization. But I think if we are only focusing on decentralization to the neglect of also having some level of centralized, effortful, concentrated, focused, cohesive something that is the third attractor, I think that we're going to continue to run into this problem of where there is a lot of decentralization, there is a lack of leadership per se, that centralized entity. And that can easily, I think, go into a puddle of that postmodern swamp messiness. Again, nothing wrong with that because I do think that is the biggest homework for the third attractor integral uh, metamodern communities is to figure out how do we really attend to postmodern uh, cultural 
creatives, let me put it that way, um, without getting our blood boiling often or feeling like I'm just going to pack my bags and leave. And by the way, not because of anything to do with postmodernity uh, uh, or the postmodern whatever happened there. I remember somebody sent me an email saying, so how's the Meta Modern Conference going? Have you arrived? I said, yes, this was Saturday. And my response was, it's it's good and it's surprisingly postmodern. This was my my response. And I will also confess, I actually, by Saturday evening, having attended the morning and the afternoon of the facilitated circles, by Saturday evening, I'm as clear that I'm not entirely sure what the here here is or what the there there it was. So I actually changed my flight. I actually managed to jump on a flight and get back to Colorado earlier. I left around 11, 12 noon, which was, I didn't wait for the end of the conference, actually. And I felt, I felt fine about it. I wasn't leaving angry or anything like that. It was just fine. I just kind of felt like I'm sort of done, I think. I'm, and I'm at peace with that. It's been lovely to meet some wonderful people. Um, I especially like, I think, anyway, yeah. So, so for me, this this conversation, this challenge of how do we innovate, expand as the as the sort of this loosely constructed meta modern integral third attractor community, um, how do we really focus on that? Because it has a lot of incredible gifts to offer the challenges of the world, the meaning crisis, and whatever. However, we want to see that the challenges are real. And there are lots of wonderful gifts we, that the third attractor can bring to the struggles. However, I think this innovation, expansion, a lot of people in the same room, different stages, different uh, ideologies, that decentralization is a good thing. But I think we really have to work on the centralized piece. How do we do that? What is that centralized piece of the puzzle? Who's the leader of that? Is there a headquarters of that? You know, where is that located? So, you know, I would be really interested in kind of wondering what is that? And again, I'm not saying that there needs to be this like the United Nations of Meta Modern, and but also not necessarily saying that we don't need that. I'd like to respond, Nomali. Um, that was, I'm not responding to your question, Bruce, um, but I would like to respond to Nomali. Is that, is that okay? Great. Uh, so yeah, that feels so resonant because part of my experience there was a profound sense of ungroundedness. And of course there were many different factors that contributed everything from, you know, the really high ceilings and the poor acoustics in the Austin Central Library to uh, many of us had really unpleasant travel experiences on our way there because of you know challenges at the Austin airport. Um, but then also it was, I think for me, part of that sentiment, that somatic experience was what you're pointing to, that there doesn't seem to be any sort of centralization. It just seems like a bunch of floating orbs. And, um, and so I think part of the difficulty in 
um, utilizing the tremendous gifts, the tremendous sacred gifts inherent in the solutions, right, um, that we have created as well as, you know, the individuals is because I don't know if it's that people are not communicating with one another. I don't know if it's because I'm fairly new to the space. It's been less than five years um, because there are all kinds of schisms of which, you know, I'm not aware of, which can happen in any kind of intellectual or political movement. Or if it's because maybe people feel allergic to, you know, I would, I would imagine they don't feel allergic to hierarchy because that's usually something more in the postmodernist stage of development. But, you know, I'm not sure, but in general, I felt like, very disoriented. And I think that part of the antidote to that is that we could benefit from sort of um, centralization. And even if it's just a working group, right, of of individuals who are representing um, the various streams of consciousness um, in the space, I think even something like that, where people are meeting once a month, but regularly and consistently and, and in a very committed fashion and having a real strategy, like something as simple as that could really have a major impact on our trajectory, on our ability to accomplish our goals and help provide solutions to the meta crisis. I'm Elan and I'm complete. That's wonderful, Elan. And you've got a knack for anticipating where I want the flow to go. <laughs> It's, it's, thank you. That's wonderful. Um, I wanted to ask if uh, Roger or Evo has anything you'd like to share on the, the question about um, the, any of the mimetic Vimeme tensions um, that were present and manifesting. Um, and then I'd like us to begin to look at, uh, you know, what do we think are right steps for, for where to go next in terms of, of hurting these cats? Mm -hmm. Sure, Bruce. Yeah, I can add a few things. Um, I did research actually into the emerge field after the 2019 gathering to see like who was in the room. Jonathan Rousen asked me this when um, it became more clear that the emerge was being handed over to Perspectiva as um, a sort of the social movement pro uh, project. And, um, you know, historically, it's been the convening power of uh, Thomas Bjergman. Uh, it started small in Berlin and then later out, you know, these gatherings became bigger and bigger and bigger. So part of the method of how we get people together here was already a bit more of a decentralized way of getting people in. So some, let's call them tribal leaders, were given invitation powers to each invite maybe 10 to 20 people. And that's kind of how this one came together. So it was less Thomas source energy. However, like these these fault lines, if whatever you want to call them, I, it seemed to me coming back and back uh, again, also, as I understand some of the struggles that Integral over the years I had to deal with, I was, didn't go to your session, maybe this was talked about, like, do we lead with spirituality or do we really go and focus on uh, building structures, institutions? I mean, I think to some extent we all suffer from some kind of quadrant absolutism, as I think Wilbur termed it, you know. To me, for example, the upper left is quite salient. I have a strong spiritual practice background, but I'm, I also am aware of this, so I can kind of like see how does all this fit together. But to just name a couple of these fault lines um, in this research that, that surfaced from this research I did following the Kiev gathering, and 
One was, for example, the masculine and the feminine, you know, the, the thinkers and the doers, quite low level of tolerance by like people with like a, a high action bias that actually like have high agency and know how to actually produce you know, tangible results in the world who mostly live through strategy. Others come at it through culture. You know, they kind of want to first lead with culture. And actually, this is like important part of the source code for Emerge and its purpose. Um, Normally, you said like, well, we need some kind of centralization. Historically and in the tribe, this happens usually through charismatic individuals. So the hope is also that we can start to cohere around a set of principles, a set of ideas that we want to know, of course, about each other and inform each other from this recognition that we're each biased, you know, quadrant absolutism, one such a lens of sense-making for these types of biases that we have. But um, uh, let me see, yeah, so, you know, the people, as I understand it, this was also a major fault line in the early Game B community. Some really want to start focusing on inner development and this is the way to actually affect change and social change. Others said, no, 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 we're going politics. We're going to build a political party. We're going to build institutions. So this is still underneath the surface, you know, these deeper kind of lines um, of where we believe the biggest leverage points are when we're thinking about social change and impact. And each of the tribe, of course, think they have the, uh, they should be grabbing the ring of power to some extent. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's I, I think going forward into the space we need to look at what are these deeper inquiries around love and power for example you know things that we are throughout our personal history and everybody kind of needs to find these on the outside so if, if only a little bit can all can start to be reoriented within the people who want to act upon the world like really strongly through their projects like go a little bit more inside and, and actually practice and work with this a little bit more. And the people who are actually coming from this like hugely spiritual place that says love is all we need or culture of like strong bonds is all we need. Look, uh, get a bit more practical, get a bit more, you know, maybe less hard and a bit, bit more mind. So I think there's just a lot of rebalancing world work to be done both in the system, but also in the, in the, in the personal and the, and the interpersonal. So I'll just leave it at that. <clears throat> Complete, I guess. And I can I can be very brief. There's been quite a bit said, and uh, but first off, I just want to make sure that there's a huge thank you expressed to, to the organisers because it's so much work to create a conference like this, and so much reaching out to pull such an amazing group of people together. And the issue of speaking across different quotes mimetic tribes is uh, both the uh, challenge and the opportunity of a gathering like this. And it's inherent in bringing people different worldviews and different perspectives and approaches together. And so that's the, that's the beauty and the challenge. And uh, a couple of thoughts come, come to mind. <laughs> I remember, uh, you know, and, and so much of what we're talking about here is a question of balance. You know, what's the appropriate, what's the optimal balance for effectiveness? And of course, you know, different people have different ideas. And I remember what, <laughs> there are two things coming to mind. One is my first retreat that I ever went to with Ramdas, And I still remember something he said, which was balance is a magic word on the path. And it's like, and, and, it's, and it's a polarity. It's not something you ever solve once and for all. It's an ongoing ongoing issue of uh, finding the appropriate balance now and now and now. So, so it's always going to be with us. So that's one thing. And that's so, and another is all these different uh, priorities of what should be done 
and where should we go? Reminded of the line from Aldous Huxley's uh, utopian novel, Island, where the stranger comes to the utopia and asks, well, where do you start? And they respond, we start everywhere at once. <laughs> and we're going to need, uh, need a lot of different approaches. And no one has the, there's no one full answer and no one has it all. So we're going to need each other. And, and hopefully the, this kind of coming together can be a mutually catalytic uh, conversation and gathering an event, such as the bringing of us together. You know, again, what a, what a gift to have met each of you at this conference. So, so yeah, maybe that's enough. Yeah, thank you, Roger. And I know some of the attendees here, they don't, we don't all have the same amount of time available, so I, I don't want to take this too long. Um, but I think the next thing that we could look at, because we're already kind of leaning in that direction, and I want to say a couple things. One, I mentioned at the beginning, the harvesting is not done yet. That's just about to really start to unfold. So the whole reflection on, on what do we take from this and where can we go next, I imagine is just about to get going <laughs> in terms of you know uh, what, what's going to be happening in the organized events. And so again, just calling this forward here as, as a little tributary stream for that, that movement that I think is about to unfold. And I don't have a history with the past Emerge events, so I don't know what the balance has been, you know, in terms of, of what's been emphasized or tried or not. I, I'm, I'm new to my exposure to, to um, this kind of event and, 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 you know, Emerge's project. But just thinking about what we saw gathered and highlighted and the potentials that were illuminated through Tomas's speech and some of the different conversations that we had in our different places, um, what do you think really should happen as the, the right momentum, you know, as the, whatever momentum was built up at the event, where should we be, you know, how can we most fruitfully capitalize on the connections and the momentum and some of the rifts and tensions that we discovered uh, towards, you know, fruitful outcomes that will really serve, I think, overall the, the shared interests. And, you know, one of my questions is, you know, do we have events like this that really focus so broadly on the, the broad, broad meta crisis with all the different things that are, are confronting us? Or do we begin to focus more on targeted issues and problems and really, and really have uh, more time that could be spent in particular areas? Because my sense at the conference was we got a good sense of the problem space and the potential space. We, we both had a broad, broad picture of the problem space that was highlighted there in terms of all the different issues and challenges people are looking at and the great potential that's in this collection of tribes in terms of the different gifts that people bring but there wasn't enough time at any point to really go very far in any one of those areas. So for me, I'm feeling, you know, what could we do next that really can channel in some fruitful way? So, you know, I, I'm interested overall in, in your sense um, of, of what's next uh, based on what you've experienced here at, at the Emerge Gathering. Well, I mentioned this idea of going to, uh two emerges and then to Jonathan's five emerges. 
And I think there's something like that that's going to be a part of this going forward, of um, being able to sample it in different ways. Uh, but I also have a bunch of thoughts in my mind from everything I've just heard from everybody for the last little while here. I, I think some of the quadrant prioritization issues might get solved if we put um, activities and projects in the foreground rather than discussion, right? That when you have projects, I'm, I'm joking, half jokingly referring to it as let's build a barn. <laughs> but if you come around to do that, you can still have all the intellectual and emotional and spiritual discussions. But if you come to have spiritual and intellectual discussions, you don't necessarily get any uh, actual activity and coordination done. So that might be a thing to prioritize in order to get that balance we were talking about. I was thinking about, uh, you know, Namali leaving early. And certainly I had such a, such a good Saturday myself that when I went back out to the Wild Vessel Ranch, where a number of us were staying, we decided the next morning, we're not going to the second day of the conference. We'll drop in, but we really want to take this energy and hold it and use this opportunity in Austin to have the discussions we really want to have. And when we did come into the conference, what I found myself doing was, uh, as I've done with you, Bruce, a little bit, is say, hey, we need to um, prioritize eldership here, right? And so it's one thing to jokingly say we're old timers, but it's another thing to say this is a really important role. If we're going to move this forward, if there's uh, some way to centralize this without necessarily having a fixed common language, without necessarily having a leader, then we need some tribe-like structures to anchor it and, and give us a coordinating function. And some of those may resemble classical tribal structures, right? So it may be that there's slightly different male-female roles. It may be that there's eldership apprentice roles. It may be that there's some kind of ritual enactment that's needed. But some of those anchoring structures may be the thing that gives us the effective centralization while maintaining the decentralized capacity we're moving toward. And I think a lot of that, like with all tribal formation, has got to come from the unconscious. And one of the weaknesses I saw is that in trying to generate we spaces, we focus very much on asking the frontal part of the mind. You know, where, where, what's your name? Where are you from? What book did you read? Rather than, hey, tell me something you don't understand about yourself, right? There's the ability to express from the unconscious and also like Elaine was pointing to, the ability to analyze the unconscious because there are a lot of projections moving around. There is a lot of shadow work to be done, and that should be encouraged. Otherwise, it kind of becomes a sticking point. Uh, moving forward, you know, when I came out of this conference, I went to the Ontario Depth Adaptation Gathering, and then I spent some time in Toronto with the Integral Leadership Crew. And there's a bit of a consensus building there about if we do an Emerge Toronto, what we want it to be like. Right? So Eric and Natasha and Jeremy and Turquoise working with brand and trying to figure out what that flavor is, but that flavor doesn't have to be the flavor of all emerge going forward. It's, it's something to try, right? That we're going to maybe privilege a little more indigenous, a little more energy sensitive, a little more shadow work or something like that, put different people in the deciding positions. That's great, but it's only great as an experiment. We have to be trying it in a number of different ways. And all of those ways have to be expected to have, um, some of the incoherence and tension and unpredictability and unsatisfactoriness that all of these things are going to have. So uh, that's my sense of it. And Lehman, I'll just, <laughs> just add a counterpoint because you listed a number of kind of psychological, spiritual growth work things. And 
And one thing we haven't mentioned about this, uh, the Emerge Gathering, there was a lot of process, both in group, at the group and even large group level. And I found myself sitting there thinking, oh, my God, I'm back in a California process group. I've been doing these for 40 years. (laughs) So so I wanted the other other side. But but let's acknowledge, you can't make all the people happy all the time. And... uh, and so different people come with come with different things. And I could appreciate that for maybe the activists, the philosophers, a lot of this kind of experiential stuff was maybe quite new. I don't know. Maybe so. Um, and since, I, I, so go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. You, it seems like you weren't finished, Roger. No, worries. no I, I, well, just, just to respond to, to Bruce's question about what's next, I think, probably need to acknowledge that there are multiple levels of what's next on the large large group emerge organization level. Uh, yeah, I think that'll be up to individual groups such as you were describing happening in Toronto, Layman. And we'll see. We'll see. Uh, one thing that will certainly come out, I think is, has, is coming out in this very moment is the, the value and the ongoing value and fruitfulness of the individual connections we made. You know, this is happening because we met there and I'm just delighted. So that for me is, is just, that's, that's invaluable. And then there's the possibility of other shared projects will emerge. And I, you know, I think that remains to be seen. <clears throat> but I think I, I want to add just one more thing. Uh, and that is that there's a risk in these groups. And I was surprised. I was one of, you know, I have some COVID risks. So I, but I was one of only about half a dozen people and, over 100 people wearing a mask there. And I know some people have gotten COVID from it, and I don't know how many, but there are risks in this time. So it's an unfortunate thing. And, uh, and you can't, again, you can't make, you, know, you can't make people do any one particular approach in one particular way. And there's, and everyone has their different style, but, but it was, for me, being there was a balance of the enormous attraction of being with people like you and others and meeting people, and the fact that this is a risk. And yes, we did have a COVID outbreak, and I don't know how far it's gone. Yeah, that, um, thank you, Roger. Um, I thought that I did come back with COVID, but turned out I didn't. Um, So luckily I didn't get COVID, but I I still got something else. Um, But anyway, Something about, um, oh, I had something to say about COVID and it just uh, left my trail of thought. Um, I'm not sure if, Layman, this is what you were talking about when you were talking about five different events or something, but it may not be the same thing. Something looking to the future. I might really like to bring, bring the sense of hierarchy uh, into how events are done in the sense of what if what if the next image or next any of these events are developmental in the sense that perhaps it's a commitment of three events. It's like going to a Vipassana retreat. The first three days you are taught just to concentrate on labeling and your breath and that's it. And then the next several days there's Vipassana, insight begins to emerge. Um, so in that way, I, I would love to imagine that someday in the future, when we commit to coming together with some amount of seriousness to attend these kinds of events, that 
we don't necessarily have to have a goal per se. Again, it's the dance of the polarities. Have some amount of goal, but also some amount of allowance to emerge for emergence to just happen. But that it is a commitment of maybe a minimum of three events that on the first event, we commit to doing certain things, getting to know each other. And then at the second event, that evolves, that intention, that goal, the whatever is produced, the outcomes continue to evolve. And then at the last one, maybe there is something to show for and something to plan for, for whatever is next then. So, you know, transcend, include, anticipate. I'm also thinking about kind of thinking in terms of like Ravikian teachings, uh, something is of relevance at the center of this, the third attractor as the relevance or the, the belief system or the action that we're after. I think, again, developmentally speaking, we can really start to pay attention to what produce, what different things are producing this thing of relevance that we're trying to create. And what is its what are its uses? So John Vilvecki talks about how if you have many, many ways in which whatever is relevant has been produced, but then the outcomes, the way that it is being used is only just one or two different ways. Well, I started a blog and maybe I showed up on a podcast. Well, that's called trivial. That's triviality when it comes to sort of relevance realization and really doing something of value with our beliefs and our you know, action in the world. If we don't have too many um, origination points from which our thing of relevance has come into being, but we are doing too much with whatever that relevance point is, that's called, it's far-fetched. That's when we are kind of stuck in our own confirmation bias. And um, so I think that I like that model that gives us a sense of balance. It's like whatever we're trying to create, how can we really pay attention to creating a good balance for the problem space? Of how is what we're trying to create produced? How, how many different ways that are valid sources of insight or um, the origination should we look at? And then is it balanced in the way that our outcomes are actually creating something for the world, in the world, for ourselves, um, out there? So. So everything shared that Nomali, well, everything all of you have shared thus far feels very re resonant, um, but particularly the last piece, um, Nomali's, uh, recommendation that there be some kind of like a three stages of interaction. I think the only thing I would add to that is that maybe it doesn't have to be in person. Uh, so for instance, uh, part of the reason that the conference was a, a success for me is because throughout the pandemic, I spent countless hours on Clubhouse with the Integral Leadership Review like team. Um, and we really became a, a community. Right. Uh, and uh, so I don't think like even if it were something, you know, like a three day conference 
but a loosely based one on clubhouse where there would be breakout rooms and people could hang out and do different things if they didn't want to be in the main room where people, you know, where we were having talks. So basically that there would be, I'm just using clubhouse as a possibility. Just that doesn't have to be the platform where we do it. But my main point is that it can be done virtually, um, which then minimizes the cost and minimizes the risks posed by COVID as Roger mentioned. Um, and probably takes a lot less effort. And so part of what's coming up for me is that to maintain the momentum, I think the larger conferences and having more emerged gatherings is essential, but also in the interim, there are smaller things that we can do. It doesn't have to be like a grand production because sometimes that can feel overwhelming or unrealistic. And so um, that's really the only thing that I have to add at the moment. Thank you. Yeah, my, I guess, closing remarks on, on the question of what is next. Um, well, practically, uh, a, a few people have stepped forward and said they want to do local events. It's about six, seven people who are interested in, um, in just getting together locally. And I think that's uh, like really wonderful and, and also quite important. And, um, and in terms of... Yeah, this question of central centrality, hierarchies, vertical, horizontal. Um, I don't have the answer there, although I do think it's important to, you know, like we're all about the connections, obviously, and we're all about the cohering, we finding the others feel really good. But I think the success may just as well really depend on it, like to what degree do we actually also nurture our separateness? Um, the distance, you know, so we just co don't cohere prematurely into groupthink, lack of depth there. I mean, some things really die because of too much light sometimes. I, I love the idea, uh, layman, of building a barn, you know. Many people are always calling for like, oh, it, it needs to be more embodied. But I love cohering, you know, I love bonding with people over just like grabbing uh, a huge log and putting it on your shoulder. And carrying it from A to B. To me, that like is, is something that I that I really like instead of always having to, you know, cohere around ideas, let's say, and uh, in which you also actually easily fracture, right? So so there is something I think that if we look at like what can be done, I, I do believe there is a hierarchy of uh, culture, vision and strategy and that strategy actually comes last and maybe we shouldn't even really talk about it like for for a while um although some projects that i think we've yet to identify that we all in this space agree lifts all boats but that neither of us individually or our organization can undertake an initiative and initiate and actually execute so if we identify these few things that um these these all boat lifting kind of projects then that would be yeah interesting uh, to see and um, and then lastly, you know, emerge. It, it, it has this local feel. Like it, it's going to look very different in Kiev. You know, next year if we really manage to kind of get it off the ground there, it's going to be very, very, very different from what we just experienced a couple of weeks ago, um, and rightly so. So this this connection to context and to to the local and what it actually means for the whole, how that information, how these learnings funnel back into like the superstructure, let's say, and how that co-shapes that, you know, from the US, from Europe, possibly, who knows, Taiwan is like some, some part of me is thinking like that could be like a really interesting space to have one, for example, Asia. So, so these are some closing remarks, I guess, from me.
So I'm going to go and uh, join a party that I've been running late. So thank you all for this conversation. It's been great meeting you and uh, looking forward to actually, yeah, seeing like the harvesting, as you mentioned, Bruce, like what that actually yields. So um, thanks for listening and uh, hope to see you guys again soon. I just had one little quick thing, which which uh, which uh, I lost in my train of thoughts earlier around COVID when uh, Roger was talking about location venue. I think next time maybe pay a little more attention to like not having a summer event in Austin, Texas, where it's a hundred and six six degrees. You can't enjoy. At, you know, you just cannot really relax. And during the pandemic, we should have had a venue that allowed us to freely be outdoors and, you know, connecting outside in nature more than be stuck in an air conditioned building all day long uh, <clears throat> with most of us not wearing masks. And so, yeah, if it's in the winter, don't pick Alaska. If it's in the summer, don't pick uh Texas. <laughs> here, here, I agree, Navali, and, and also thank you, Evo. Um, I have, yeah, a couple thoughts that are popping up and, and I'll bring us towards wrapping up here. Uh, one, you know, regarding the masks and regarding what uh, Lehman said about eldership, um, I really would have liked to have seen in that community more respect for the elders present by more caretaking around um, not spreading COVID. Um, I think that would have been a good thing to see there. One of the reasons that I was uh, invited was for talking about this kind of topic. And it's also something that Lehman and I have been exploring in our discussions with John Verveke. And that is around collectively processing our grief um, for the state of the world, um, it, with with John Verbeke, we've talked about you know the grief of God, the grief of the death of God, but also more globally around just the weight of the multiple compounding issues we face. And you know, Joanna Macy has been an inspiration for me in that area, in that she's been very very active as an activist um, and on the front line of a lot of global issues. But she found in herself that she lacked resiliency when she didn't allow for the proper feedback of actually feeling where we are um, existentially. And so I do think something like that would have been nice at this event, or it still could be good as something that branches off from this kind of event. Um, I, I think collectively as a community, we need to do something like that. And to very practically balance that with something that Roger said, which, and, and Amali said that there was a surprising amount of postmodern processing and things like that that went on here. Um, and I do feel like um, we do, there needs to be some also practical focusing towards concrete ends. So again, that, that let a thousand flowers bloom and let's do all kinds of things. You know, there's, there's so many ways that we can approach this and, I hope we can just foster um, that flowering in as many ways as possible. This is our little bud that we're offering to the blooming conversations that happened after the event, and I hope many more follow. Um, I want to thank all of you for joining here. I want to thank the organizers for really overall an extraordinary event and, and convening so many amazing people. And if there are 
anything anyone would like to offer as a final word. Um, but overall, I, I just wanted to give my my deep thanks and appreciation to everyone here and to the whole event. Um, I just wanted to share that. So for me, this is my first time meeting a lot of folks who I've been interacting with for a few years in person. Some people I met at Esalen or, you know, I lived in San Francisco for many years. So I, I know them from uh, adjacent communities, but um, it was, I've, I felt very, very grateful to be in that room and to be finally coalescing. I left feeling inspired and uplifted and really motivated to start um, putting pen to paper and sharing, um, you know, what, what has arisen for me as a result of uh, being in these spaces as well as communing with the work of various metamodernist thinkers, you know, through my, uh, I would say, at least in, in this space, um, I don't know if unusual is the right word, but through my less common lens, um, so in general, there were just so many wonderful, positive things that came out of it for me, including finding the courage at the very end to name a dynamic that had felt present throughout the weekend and to confront it and say, this is not aligned. You know, if this, this, for me, this does not feel like the way forward, and I've been biting my tongue for a long time. And I think that that's part of the problem is that there are many people of all backgrounds who um, are sensing the tremendous polarization, especially in the United States, and who are deeply, deeply concerned uh, and who don't, who are afraid of speaking into that and speaking into how things could be different. And so in general, I'm so glad that I attended. I'm glad that it, it exists and that it will continue to exist. And um, my hope is that we can learn from the aspects of the conference that left us wanting uh, and incorporate them as we move forward. Thank you. I want to say, Elin, that I really appreciated the courage and the grace with which you stood up and voiced that at the end. That was really appreciated. Thank you, Bruce. I appreciate that you brought up the grief question, Bruce. Uh, like you said, we've been standing in front of that as a pondering question with Verveke and some others lately. And in the, the mapping the field circle, that Turquoise and Joe Lightfoot and I co-facilitated, it was mentioned several times and Elin was there. And I think there's something about the depth of that emotional descent and heartbreak, which is where the real core of the processing has to go on so that it doesn't go on at the endless level of, of trivial discussion processing that Roger was pointing to there being too much of for decades now. I think we all have to um, let ourselves be a little more frustrated and a little bit more heartbroken. Uh, partly in order to get a deeper richness in the field we're looking at, but also to take the, the world moment seriously. And part of what I'm pointing to with my let's build a barn idea around projects is also uh, that I think we need to be a little bit more down to earth and a little more uh, preparedness oriented in the way we go at these things, because this is a, this is a great way to uh, slowly think about how to steer the future 
but any number of elements of our civilization could be collapsed or destabilized at any moment. So we have to be really, um, really on the ground about that. And we have to be really uh, open to the fact of that destabilization. And that's an emotional thing. That's a deep grief and a deep disappointment that uh, will solve some of that problem for us, but also get us out of the trap of the endless superficial self-processing loop. I would maybe just add um, specifically, I think it's important for me to reiterate that a lot of what I've shared today on this call, as I said earlier, is really around just the general issue of how do these third attractor integral metamodern communities come together and what is our goal really, what kinds of outcomes we're looking for. So we have many opportunities to kind of meet these challenges. I just want to more specifically about this event say, I just really thought it was really courageous for two Nordic folks to have organized an event that was held in Austin, Texas for a bunch of North Americans. And there was like Roe v. Wade and uh, all kinds of stuff going on. Um, <clears throat> there was something that was sort of the Nordic uh, rational straightforward sort of approach that I really appreciated somehow. So to Pamela and Thomas, I, I just want to say thank you for that. I really appreciated that. And I just want to say, look at us, you know, we're just still a bunch of dreamers, these crazy people, we're still dreaming. And I say yay to that. Keep doing it. <laughs> Uh, I just want to say, Namali, one of the things you said here today about the fact that when we organize around the third attractor, we will always attract the other two attractors. Uh, that's really staying with me. And I think that's important to remember. And also, I would add that when we do this in Toronto, our odds of being overheated or shot go way down. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Is there anything final that you'd like to say, Roger? Oh, big thank you. Thank you to the, thank you to you for bringing us together and thank you to the people who created Emerge. It's a lot of work and, and what a gift. Definitely. I feel the same deep sense of gratitude and appreciation and those ripples are still present for me. And I think for many people. So thank all of you for being here. It's been a delight to, to talk with you today. Thank you. Likewise. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you. Jason, Bruce, and Layman, and for organizing us today. And goodbye, everyone. Yes, thanks so, thanks so much.